AEW Fan, the ultimate pro wrestling podcast created by fans for the fans. This is episode 94, and we've got an action-packed show lined up for you. I'm your host, the grumpy old-school wrestling fan, collector, barber, and musician, Talk Wrestling Tim Gilbert. And I am your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Funko Pop Collector, Booker Andy. All right, and we are currently missing Jeremy, but he got a little caught up, but he will hopefully join us by the end of the episode, so you'll get your no-selling indie wrestling fan fix. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we will be discussing and reviewing Dark Side of the Ring, Cody Rhodes, the, the Cody Rhodes documentary, excuse me, SummerSlam 2023, and more. You know, we'll be talking about Collision and all the shows that we normally talk about. Uh, before we get started, if you could go to youtube.com backslash the PW fan, uh, comment, like, and hit subscribe. By doing this, you're helping us grow substantially, helping us get on that recommended for you page. You guys and girls are the reason we do this show every week, and with your continued help, we will be able to grow the show even more. Um, Show off some of your love for the PW fan with our awesome and wearable merch. We've got five different unique shirt designs on the PW fans exclusive merch website, which is prowrestlingtees.com backslash the PW fan. Um, we did a photo shoot over the weekend right before SummerSlam. We were all wearing the shirts, uh, Jeremy, uh, Booker, Andy, and myself. It was fun. Uh, we went out. Um, uh, yeah, we, we walked the city, had pictures done, we went out to eat, and then we went our ways, and uh, Andy and I went back to the house to watch SummerSlam, and Jeremy watched at his house, and so we'll get into that part of the show a little bit later. That was really fun. I thought it was a good pay-per-view. Uh, for all other social media, before we get started, go to at, or just search at the PW Fan where we should pop up on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. And uh, don't forget to stick around until the end so we can talk about my classic show of the week. All right, Andy, big show. Uh, we, we're a day late, but we are not short on content because uh, we had an action-packed wrestling weekend. But we're day day late with a big storm that came through. You lost some internet. You lost some power. Tell us what happened. Yeah, well, the storm blew through not only Hartford County here in Maryland, for those outside of Maryland that don't know, um, but also southern Pennsylvania as well. It hit you. It hit Jeremy up in uh, Lancaster. But, uh, yeah, for me, I lost power uh, from, like, 6.45 to, like, 8.30. We usually record at 8. So um, we just made the decision probably around, like, 7.45 to not record and um, decided to record today instead. You know, things happen. We want to record yesterday, but... We- we, we wanted to get we wanted to get the show to the people, you know. We wanted to get yes. the show out to the people, the people that depend on the PW fan for their daily commute, for their lunch break when they're sitting alone in their car, or maybe they're just lay, maybe they're laying sad and alone in bed at night, and just all by their lonesome and oh, they're having sad. some sort of anguish of some sort, and our our show brings them comfort of some kind. Well, that's, that's a nice thought. That's what, <laughs> yeah, of course. That's <laughs> sorry. That was a long loop around got, nothing. But uh, started off, it started off positive and then got dark real quick. Jeez, you know, just all oh. the all the great all the great things that the PW fan does. All right, Andy, are we starting with Dark Side of the Ring this week? We are. We're gonna start with Dark Side of the Ring and then the Cody Doc, and then into uh, our shows. Um, 
You think I should stop saying Funko Pop Collector? I haven't bought in any in a while. I mean, you are... Uh, maybe, maybe I should stop. Maybe I you like should them. say... I haven't bought them in any while. Maybe you should say... I'm not say a former. The... I'm just on a hiatus. Well, well, then why don't you say something like you're the Michael Jordan of Funko Pop Collecting? Because oh, Jesus, you have... So... There's way more out there than me. But out of anyone well... I know personally, I am the Michael Jordan of Funko Pop Collecting. There you go. As, as long as you can reach <laughs> one person... If you could reach one person, let it be yourself. Exactly. All right. Uh, let's get into Dark Side of the Ring first. Um, you were iffy about this episode. It was about Bash at the Beach 2000, um, the incident with Hogan, Jeff Jarrett, and Vince Russo in particular. You want to kind of run us through really quick what happened and then your thoughts. I believe Vince Russo comes in the WCW late 99. Uh, Vince Russo was primarily responsible for the Attitude Era's Crash TV format. Just the the wild stuff, the sex, the silliness, the raunchy. That was all Vince Russo. However, he had Vince McMahon as a filter of sorts. So he would throw out all these ideas and Vince would be like, ah, that's too much. Let's maybe change it a little bit. Well, when he didn't have that filter anymore, he would just throw out crazy ideas all the time in WCW, and some of them were not great. You can look up... I mean, you could go on YouTube right now and type in Vince Russo's worst ideas, worst moments. I'm sure somebody has made a, an hour-long compilation of it. Uh, but... Basically, so anything ep- in the last, like... The end of WCW, basically, is... Was it Bash at the Beach 99 or 2000? It was 2000. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was the, or uh, was Jeff Jarrett the champion walking in or Hogan? Uh, I believe, I believe Hogan is the champ and he, Vince Russo wanted Jeff Jarrett to go over. Hogan didn't like the creative. Hogan had final uh, uh, creative control on all of his matches and finishes. If he didn't like something, he, had in his contract that he technically had the final say to whether or not he did or did not want to do it. He did not like Vince Russo's Vince Russo's idea. He wanted... See, this is where it gets a little weird for me, because when he was on Bubba the Love Sponge show, he said that he didn't know that Jeff was going to lay down. But then in the dark side of the ring... He didn't know Jeff was going to lay down. No, in the dark side of the ring, you're right. He didn't know Jeff was going to lay down. Um... He knew that it was going to be some kind of like, you know, it was supposed to be like Hogan refusing to do it or something. But Vince went up to Jeff Jarrett without anyone else knowing and got in Jeff's ear and was just like, just lay down, just lay down. Um, So Hogan was supposed to, you know, walk out with the belt and then eventually would turn to like a, a thing where he returns and Booker T would end up being champion. But he told Jeff to just lay down, which ended up being a shit show in and of itself. And then uh, Hogan would end up leaving with Bischoff. And while they were gone and on an airplane, Russo, this part was unplanned, came out and kind of trashed Hogan on live TV. It was it was just a big mess. Uh, called him a bald son of a bitch and that he would never wrestle ever in the WCW again. And apparently uh, Eric Bischoff was quoted in the episode. He said when... When Hulk's mad, he's he's he stays quiet. 
and uh, yeah, he was he was very 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 quiet after we got off that airplane. I was like, man. And then he so the, the, the episode day. wasn't dark. Sorry, go it, on. It's this no. I was just gonna say the next day he goes on Bubba the Love Sponge episode and tells his side of the story, which. Uh, Bubba the Love Sponge, not that we want to give this guy any promotion, but I guess because of the whole episode, he did just two days ago upload the entire interview of him and Hogan that was clipped for that episode. So if you want to hear Hogan's full side of the story, he you can actually find it on YouTube. Uh, he's not in the documentary, only uh, recordings of him. The are. clip, a clip of it, yeah. Um, but it wasn't a dark episode. It was just more about the incident. Um, it was just it's, an episode about a, a shit show in the wrestling this one was, history. Yeah, this episode wasn't a tragedy. Like, I would say 99% of them are. This one was more of a, so the, our, the the backstage inner workings of politics and wrestling and blah, blah, blah. Um. So the next week's episode, we'll be talking about the finale of this season, which is Marty Jannetty. Now, is that going to be a wild or a dark episode or a mix of both? He's not dead. He's alive. So I think it's just going to be kind of a crazy-ass like episode of the things that Marty Jannetty has gotten himself into over time. Yeah. Uh, that one's going to be really interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I was just trying to think if I was could add anything on to the Bash of the Beast 2000. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much the gist is Hogan didn't like the way that they had booked the ending of the match. He had his idea. Vince Russo had his idea. Jeff, Lair- Jeff Jared lays down and takes the pin uh, in frustration. And, uh, yeah, the fans didn't get a good main event that they wanted to see. And yeah, it was, it was a weird episode. I think it was almost like it happened a couple of times in WCW. I feel bad for the fans that were there, like the finger poke of death and finger poke of doom. And then, uh, then yeah, you got the bad. Jeff Jarrett laying down. It's like, man, it's like Goldberg getting tased. Uh, I don't know. Well, Goldberg getting tased to me, that's the end of WCW. When Goldberg lost to Nash, and the streak ended for me. That felt like the bubble popped of like all the hype of WCW. Because then yeah. Goldberg became and it was silly. All downhill from there. Yeah, because right after that, Goldberg becomes silly. Nash does the finger poke of doom and gives the belt back to Hogan uh, after he beats Goldberg for it. Goldberg. So that time, yeah. that that time period's a mess, which leads into the Vince Russo era. <sighs> Yep. Bad. And then that era has like, you know, David Arquette being champion and Vince Russo um, champion. Vince Russo champion. Yeah. Um so moving on, let's talk a little bit about the Cody doc. If you guys haven't seen it, it's very, very, very well done. It was very, very good. It's about two hours long. Um I was into it the entire way through. Uh, it does go into his time away from WWE and a lot of detail, more detail than I w- would think they would, a WWE would allow, but I'm sure Cody had some say. It's, you can't really tell his story without having the stuff of ROH and New Japan and AEW in. Um, it was very good, though. Tim, your thoughts? You watched it more recently than I did. 
Yeah, I mean, I just I love the story of of him growing up, and Dusty was his hero, and he loved his dad very much, and then he uh, wanted to become a pro wrestler, and he talks about legacy and him. St- well, talks about him starting in I think it was OVW, either OVW or yes. FCW. Yeah, and then, uh, then it gets into legacy. Uh, it gets into co- uh, dashing Cody Rhodes when he had the mask. Do you want a receipt with your paper bag? They said that he was like killing it during that. But she time enjoyed too. that like, gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he said yeah, he, he thought that that's kind of where he thought that's where the character was gonna go more and then it became stardust and then he leaves and then andy you want to talk about how they showed a bunch of AEW stuff it's pretty cool yeah so they yeah they talk about like i said they talk about uh his time on the indies and he was basically wrestling every oh, promotion yeah, they, he possibly I, I forgot they they covered small. a lot they covered a lot of his indie run a lot of it yeah he he the what started like he had this list with all these wrestlers on the indie scene that he wanted to face, Adam Cole, uh, Kurt Angle at the time was a free agent, uh, Roderick Strong, um, I think Chris Hero at the time was on there before coming to WWE. Um, and he he would go to every single promotion, big or small, and eventually he would make his way to New Japan for Wrestle Kingdom. And New Japan uh, was big on Dusty Roads. And they actually gave him the idea for the American Nightmare gimmick um, since they told him, you know, your father was the American Dream. You know, you do American Nightmare. And that kind of, to him, began that whole American Nightmare uh, journey and kind of like figuring out the character a lot. Then he would team up with Bullet Club and that would eventually lead to All In, which they talk about. And all in led to AEW, and they talk briefly about his ex- exit. Um, he says, you can't talk about anything but like specific, but he says he just wants everyone to know that the only reason why he left was uh, something personal. So any other rumor out there he wanted to get across um, wasn't true, and they talk about how Vince McMahon flew to him to try to get him back. And um, his whole American Nightmare gimmick was what Vince, quote-unquote, was buying. Um, that's exactly what he wanted, and Cody didn't want to change anything, and that's what Vince didn't want to change anything either. Then that leads to WrestleMania, and then uh, they talk about the shoulder, or the the pec tear, and then um, just about a little bit after the Roman Reigns stuff. Um, it would end. It was very good, very, very, very good. I, I enjoyed Anything it a lot. That, um, that was pretty much everything. No, I, I, I just thought it was a really good, insightful documentary. I think if you maybe weren't feeling Cody or didn't really care about the 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 story and his dad and the the legacy and all that, I think it would really. Uh, kind of get you into it a little bit more if you watched it. So I definitely recommend it. Well, one of my friends wasn't that into Cody, uh, and he watched this and uh, likes him a little bit better now. So it's very well done. So check it out if you haven't. I'm sure shout out to, most people shout out have to, by now. Shout out to Corey. 
to Corey. Yes, my my buddy Corey. Um, so that wraps up the stuff I want to talk about before getting into um, our shows. I'll mention real quick. Vince McMahon had like back surgery, I believe, and so he's away from WWE. I don't know how much input he can give at the moment. Uh, he also, according to PWInsider.com, was served with paperwork from the federal oh, yes. government. He's got he's got searched. I should have pulled the article, the actual article up. Um, but yeah, I just since we're on the subject, I did see that he's in some sort of legal trouble once again. Uh, Jamie, if you want to expand on that, um. Um, as we get going, I'll I'll bring it up. Um, let's get into Raw though. Um, Raw would open up with Logan Paul last weekend. By the way, as I always say before pay per view, um. And most of these WWE shows are going to be a go-home show for SummerSlam, which took place this past Saturday. Um, so just as a heads up, yes. So here we go, Tim. Uh, serve subpoena. Vince McMahon serve subpoena search warrant amid federal probe. Um, what uh, what website is that? Just just so we can give the proper credit. This is Washington Post. All right, so the Washington this is the Washington Post right now. Um, I'm trying to scan through very quickly of what it could possibly be about, but I cannot find it without taking a break to actually look. But um, so maybe next week we can talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, and get more details. Um, Vince. So yes, Raw. Vince. Yeah, Vince has had a, lot, a rough couple. Uh, like two years, maybe. Vince's elderly years have, have not been good to him so far. Although he did no. just sell his company for a bunch of money, so I guess it depends That's on true. who you ask. Um, okay, so Raw, uh, Logan Paul opened up the show uh, uh, to talk about his ma- upcoming match with Ricochet. Ricochet would end up coming out, and they would have a promo battle back and forth, which... Uh, actually got me excited for their match more than I actually was before. Uh, I thought it was a, a good segment for Ricochet to shine a little bit more. Logan Paul would bring up uh, Ricochet's fiance, who I'm sorry I forget her name, but she's the uh, announcer um, for Superstars entrances and for the winners. Um, and basically Logan Paul tried to you know, get into Ricochet's head saying that at the end of their match, she's going to be saying his name. Um, and the two would end up brawling in the end. Um, but I did, I did enjoy this segment. I thought it was well done. And for once the judgment day didn't open up the show. I feel like they open it up every single week. Uh, after that, though, we speaking of had a judgment day uh, segment. Mommy has a new look. I'm in. Mommy does have a new look, and you thought it was just... Well, are you talking about her hair? Yeah, I'm in. Yes. Uh, we saw it at SummerSlam, and you thought... You were like, no, it's just not done or whatever. And I was like... Yeah. Then I saw it on a roll last night, and I was like, it is... She she did some cutting to it. Yeah, it does look good. Um, but Judgment Day would come out. Each would talk about their dominance... And then Raquel Rodriguez would uh, run out and take out Rhea Ripley, um, one of the first women that can actually 
go toe-to-toe with her. She kind of destroyed Rhea, so uh, that was a little bit different to see. Uh, Gunther and Chad Gabled. Chad Gable agreed backstage to a five-minute challenge to see if Chad Gable could uh, last five minutes in the ring with Gunther because he did not think he could. Uh, so that would come later. Throughout the night, though, there were the, uh, there were a couple of, I believe, three Ronda and Shayna video packages uh, all throughout the night, which I thought were great, actually. I thought, now we'll talk about their match later. But I thought the video packages leading to their match were done very well. It talked about their history of Shayna being a fighter before Ronda even got there and all that stuff. And Ronda's UFC career and Shayna being her training partner. It was, it was, it was really good. Um, and we'll get into... when you we get into something the to add to him? No, I just was going to say, when we get into the pay-per-view, we'll talk about the match, you know, which is... That's later on in the show, but... Ah, I just thought... It, the, yes. the, MMA, the MMA thing is cool up until it actually comes nutcracking time, and you got to, like, do the thing. I think the MMA thing's cool in MMA promotions. But right, but I'm just saying it's a good build. They build, they build, they're building good to this match that we're going to review. That's a yeah, that's a thing. Like that's why I was disappointed. Every the execution because these packages were good. Ah, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, So uh, we would have a Brock Lesnar segment, which when he comes out, he starts talking about his own accolades uh, over the years. He calls out Cody Rhodes. And basically wants to just shake his hand before uh, their match on SummerSlam. And they do end up shaking hands, but as Brock goes to walk away, Cody blocks his shoulder and Brock, you know, bumps forward through it. And when Brock gets outside the ring, Cody would end up doing a dive and uh, brawling with Brock a little bit. Um, as one last little uh, bout between the two before their, their match on uh, SummerSlam, which we will get to. I thought their stuff has been uh, done very well. The build, even for a third match, they were still able to build on the previous stuff, and I thought it, I thought they did a good job at it um, over these past couple months since Mania, I guess you could say. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, Gunther and Chad Gable would have a five-minute challenge. Uh, Chad Gable would end up lasting the five minutes with Gunther, uh, but then Gunther... Gunther basically uh, got angry and um, would have a actual kind of mini-match with him, I guess. Uh, but during that five minutes, I thought it was one of the best matches of the night. Chad Gable, we've talked about him. He's kind of like the... Uh, I, I think people forget sometimes how good he is. And it could be that, you know, uh, Olympian in him. But Chad no, Gable's he, great. He- Chad Gable reminds me of Nada, and I don't mean on the mic because that's two completely different things, but Chad Gable reminds me a lot of Lance Storm in the way that he's a guy that uh, can really have a great match and he's killer in the ring, but then for some reason, you know, he'll get stuck with like these like weird gimmicks or like just like something like, I don't know, I just wish they would just let him be himself. Like, I felt like Lance Storm in WWE never just got to be Lance Storm, like, because they wouldn't let him talk, first of all. They made him be, like, silent. And then, um, then they had him do the. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, mic wise, they're nothing alike. But, no, yeah, um, I, I just, I just mean as a, sometimes is similar. Yeah, I just mean, like, as a talent who's a great wrestler who gets, doesn't get used in the right way, but they probably, like, better than 
almost everybody in the ring. But every time they do get used, you're just like, what the hell? Like, why aren't they doing well, anything to them? Matt, Matt, but, like, again, I, it's weird. Like, Matt Bourne in, uh, with the doink, dark side of the ring thing. Again, that's a guy who was a oh, yeah. worker who they gave a, a silly silly gimmick to. At least he's know. not Shorty G anymore, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, like that's what I'm referring to as stupid. He's but... back to Chad Gable, which is, like, I'm pretty I... sure it's his actual name. I never, I'll never forget when he said, like, you can call me Shorty G, and then he, like, did the tongue flicker, and I was like, oh, I was like, this is so bad. So bad. <laughs> Such a Vince idea, like. <laughs> he, like, like, he was trying to do the tongue thing like he was sexy, and I was like, oh, God. <sighs> but, so, yeah, that was a very good match. Um, we'll talk about more again about Chad Gable next week, because, I don't know, Tim, if you've been able to see Raw yet without giving anything away, but I watched it today, um, and Chad Gable would play a big role during Raw, which was a great Raw, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about more more about him next week. Um, Becky Lynch would defeat Trish Stratus instantly via DQ from Zoe Stark. Uh, Trish basically only got in the ring because she had to, and right when the bell rang... Zoe Stark would interfere so that Trish didn't really need to have a match. Um, she thought she fulfilled what she had to, but Adam Pearce is now forcing forcing Trish to have a real match in two weeks from last Monday, so it'll be next week as we're doing this, um, while they're in Canada. So she, her and Becky will actually um, go toe-to-toe then. And then the main event was Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn, uh, teaming up to defeat Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest. Is it just me or like these main events of Raw always like the same, just like with people switched around? It's always like someone against the Judgment Day, or it's like Kevin and Sammy, or it's like Sammy and Cody, or like Seth and Kevin. Like, I mean, every you know every what I mean. Name, every name, every name, faction, and group tag team that you just said is a main eventer or a top guy or somebody who draws ratings or. You know, just like one of the most popular people. So, I mean, I guess it makes out. sense of why they're in the main event. That's their yeah. people. That's their guys now that they rely on to, like, you're the, you're the, you're the Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, John Cena of the this era. You need to, like, be the guys that, like, end the show every week. Well, it's like, it's like, without spoiling too much, like, this past Raw from yesterday, the main event was Cody, Seth, and, uh, Seth is it was supposed one. to be Sammy, but they took, but they took Sammy out. So it was Cody, Seth, and Shinsuke teaming up against Finn, Damon, and Dominic <laughs> in the main event of the show. Dude, um, Dominic, Mis- Dominic Mysterio, dude, went from a guy who everybody couldn't stand to we all kind of thought the character was funny. Now everybody's like, this guy's great. And dude, when he first turned the- heel, I was like, this is awful. But yeah. Yeah, now it's awesome, and it's totally. I believe I like believe this way more than I ever believed his like superhero Dom character or whatever. Uh, but God, he's on so much television. Like he's got to be so pumped just being him. Oh yeah, like yeah, he's on Raw, and then he he's on NXT tonight defending his North American title. And he's not just like on Raw; he's like in big parts of Raw. You know. Well, because Judgment Day is the biggest faction on Raw. Right. Um, so that wraps up Raw. 
dynamite dynamite this week was dynamite 200 is that kind of crazy to think it's been four years of dynamite we've had 200 episodes of of dynamite already i mean i remember watching the first episode with you me too it's changed cody versus sammy guevara was the first match sammy guevara throwback for the old um for the old for the old listeners uh, well, speaking of, the first match was Chris Jericho and teaming up with Takeshka against Sumi Guevara and Daniel Garcia. They would uh, defeat them. Then we would have a segment from Jack Perry. Jack Perry would come out um, the week before Jerry Lynn had come out. Uh, said he was ba- he would basically take care of Jack Perry. So Jerry Lynn comes out this week while Jack's in the ring. And uh, he says, you know, he can't wrestle... Um, Jack Perry, but there is a ECW Hall of Famer that is still an active wrestler that can, and out comes RVD. He comes out to uh, walk by Pantera. I wonder how much money that cost um, to use. Especially um, now that they're on But the crowd, the crowd like, was hot relevant. for it. Yeah. Right. Um, the crowd was really hot for this, though. RVD would come in he would end up, I believe, doing a or going for a spin kick at one point, which actually looked good for a guy that's, you know, he's he's I think he's fifty two. I think I looked up his age, um, but they, he wouldn't actually come to blows with uh, Jack Perry. But I believe we're getting it this week, um, tomorrow night actually, as we record this. So uh, that I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. It's going to be for the FTW Championship, and so I'm not. I don't think it'd be the main event, but I wouldn't be surprised if it opened up the show. Um, moving forward, we had Trent Beretta defeating John Moxley and Penta in a triple threat anything goes match. Which is it was surprising that uh, Trent won, not Moxley. And then we I had an MGF not. promo segment, which. Oh, you want to skip right what? over that? You want to skip right over that? Man? Oh, you want to talk about the triple threat? We can talk. I mean, you can talk about it. I just, I feel bad talking about it without Jeremy being here to even out the opinion. Now, if we have new listeners joining, I feel like it's important to point out. And we haven't said this in a while. One thing about this show that I think makes it cool is it's the PW fan, so the pro wrestling fan. We're coming at this with three different viewpoints as a pro wrestling fan, which is why we do the silly intro and introduce ourselves and what kind of wrestling we like, basically. So Andy is Correct. Andy like Andy likes a good storyline, but he wants good wrestling too, and he doesn't want to get his insu- his intelligence. Well, I, I like a good storyline, and then you tell the story in the ring, right? Yeah, and, it, so and like a, there's like, a nice. I like when there's a nice payoff. So for you, like Bloodline at its peak, that's that's like great wrestling you're like for you that's like yeah that's good stuff so i'm when sammy took the chair to roman like that was fantastic yeah i i'm a lot like you on that however i can appreciate uh just straight up bangers for being a banger like with not a lot of story going into it for instance you know i'll get accused of being a cornet stand which i do love me some corny however i actually don't agree with him on everything i loved the Osprey and uh, uh, well, that's the thing. I have to go so, into it knowing, knowing. Okay, there's no, there's no story. This is just going to be, you know, 
some some wrestling. Yeah. So I like. But when like when you when you say there's a story and then it's just like craziness, I don't like it. Yeah, I can watch wrestling for wrestling's sake. However, I where I what I hate is silly, like really silly stuff. If you listen to the show, you know that. And then gore, blood and guts, just for the sake of it, where there's no point. Like just people blading everywhere and just it's just like uh it's i don't know it, it's like trashy to me almost like it reminds me of just bad like backyard wrestling when i was a kid people would like bring over these vhs tapes and be like dude look at this and i'd be like this sucks i do not want to watch this <laughs> but uh yeah it just always makes me think of that death matches it's just not wrestling to me it's just like it's just fighting and hurting themselves for no reason now, Jeremy, and I feel bad because he's not here to voice his opinion, but, it, you know, if we're talking about the trio of fandom here, uh, Jeremy is pretty open-minded and down with everything. Like, he'll he'll watch guys doing He likes crazy hardcore moves, matches and stuff. He likes, hardcore like, matches. street fights. And... He, he'll, he'll appreciate a, a comedy segment, you know, and that's why when it seems like Andy and I eye roll, I always think it's good to have Jeremy here to kind of balance it out. But, uh I don't know where we were going with that. There's some stuff we all agree <laughs> on sometimes. There's some stuff that even Jeremy is like, I'm not about it, but I mean some rare. of it is some of it is blatantly bad and it's one of those things like it's like do we need a fourth? Like guy Adam Cole and Chris Jericho at uh what was it, double or nothing? That was just bad. We did not all did not like. But I don't feel like we need a fourth guy on the show who just likes everything. You know, like, oh come on, it was great. I'm like, how? How was it great? Like, so I, I think that, well, we split it up enough, you know, on opinions. Yeah. I always um, like, did you want to add anything to this Moxley match, though? No. Sorry. Yeah. So that's that's the whole. Th- so that my big dissertation about the trio of, uh, you know, the trifecta of wrestling fandom. Uh, so, yeah, like this match was not for me. I'll say that. Uh, I just thought like also Trent crowd loved it. Like Trent, yeah. though, like what the hell? Better than Chuck Taylor, I guess. Yeah, the whole thing. There's um, no spots in there's no yeah. spots in particular that I could like point out that I didn't like. Just what was the part where the I sent you a clip of it earlier? Uh, uh it was like a hardcore spot. It just was weird. I don't remember. But Jeremy, if Jeremy was, was it here, during this I match. Saw, yeah, I saw Jeremy like. Was it during the, this uh, match or was it? Oh. Yeah, I saw Jeremy like the video of it too before I had even said anything. So you know, Jeremy liked this match. I wish he was here to give his assessment. Um. Yeah, I'm going through really quick to see if I can find anything, but uh, that would take too much time. Um. Okay. Well, moving forward, uh, maybe we can get Jeremy's opinion if he ends up popping up on here soon. Uh, we had an MJF promo segment where he talks about how he lost a match for him and Adam Cole against uh, FTR. Or no. Yeah, it was against FTR, correct? Uh, yes. Um, and then he would also, again, talk about something he hasn't talked about in a while, but about um, his like teen years and being bullied. And kind of like, basically, well, it made me hate everyone in the world and kind of become bitter 
and Adam Cole kind of made him realize that not everyone um, is evil. That was kind of the gist of it. Am I right? Yeah. He so he calls like, out Adam Cole. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. They're, I think they're he talked about he, did, he talked about the quarters, the quarter story, and um, just basically, you know, Adam Cole changes his opinion of people in general, I guess. But he would call out Adam Cole, tell him to come out, and. Uh, Basically offers Adam Cole a match in the main event at All In. That's What's your what, opinion yeah, of this as the main event of All the In? The main event of All In. It's the main. Yeah, it's the main event of All In. That's MJF Adam Cole. I mean, it's a great match. I just, to me, I feel like. I'm trying to think of like an alternative of something that I would think would be even bigger. I think MJF and Punk to unify I mean, the MJF, title would have been better. That's, that's, but yeah, I just don't think they have the time to get there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have a, my, my feeling is Cole actually will be the one to turn on MJF and prove that MJF was right about people. That'd be a good little twist. And then he's and then MJF just goes back to hating everyone. Yeah, he's emo. I wouldn't go as far as emo, but he grows his he uh, grows his hair out. He grows his hair out and gets a one bang over one eye and changes his theme song to My Chemical Romance. And then, dude, or Hawthorne Heights, maybe. Yes. Cut my wrist and black my eyes. Um. Yeah, I'm wearing a Cadbury. This is why. Yeah, this is why we don't call you Booker. This is why we don't call you Booker Tim. I, that's for a ideas great like story that, Vince Russo. All right, bro. Listen, he comes back. He's he's listen, he's, bro. It's wrestling. 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 Terrible. Um. All right, let's move forward though from MJF. The Elite would end up defeating Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh. And then uh, Aussie Alls- Open would successfully defend their ROH tag team titles from Commander and Vikingo. And then our main event of Dynamite was a uh, AW Women's Championship match. Tony Storm, the champion, versus Hikaru Shida. And surprisingly, on TV, the title changed hands, and Hikaru Shida is now a two-time Women's this doesn't champion. make any. This doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make sense. I don't understand what they're doing with the women's division. It feels forgotten about. I just don't. And I know there's been rumored on Ringside News where I get some of my wrestling information on the dirt sheets. There's issues with like, I've read something that someone went to confront Tony Khan about the women's. Uh, women's division stuff and they actually got sent home um for kind of questioning it which is weird if that's true also isn't kenny uh, uh in charge of the women's division why wouldn't they go to him first and then I don't kenny think he, go to tony i i didn't think he was in charge of the women's division any longer i thought he was only doing the video oh. game for a while okay. he might be back to doing the women though now that the video game's out I just think that if he was, they would go to him before going to Tony, and then you have Kenny and Tony talk about it. But there's something weird going on with the women's division. 
I think some people are worried about it starting to feel like, say, the Divas. Like it's Apparently. not feeling, it's not feeling like the important. Right. The past few weeks, I think women have gotten like, I think Britt Baker wrestled for like two minutes, like the other yeah, week. But, but all the women right now of WWE are pretty upset that they weren't on the pay per view that we're going to review. So it's not. I don't think it's exclusively an AEW problem. I hope. What, hey, I, hope I watched what, the press conference. Triple H talks about it, but. Uh, He's like, listen, there's just not you know? time, all right? We're in the third quarter. We're in the third <laughs> inning, all right? We're in the third inning. We're in the third, third inning. The women will be back, all right? You don't don't worry. We got plenty of left of the story to tell with the women. <laughs> so, Akarshita is your new AW Women's Champion. Um, all right, let's get into SmackDown so we can continue moving towards SummerSlam. LA Knight would defeat Sheamus. Uh, st- he's still over like crazy, and I really like the direction they're going with him um, as of last night, which we'll talk about next week. Uh, the Brawling Brutes versus the OC ends in a no contest because the Street Profits would come out, and they are dressed to the nines. They start attacking the good guys. The Street Profits have turned heel, and the crowd loved it. And after attacking everyone in the ring... Out comes Bobby Lashley. The Hurt Business is reformed just with Street Profits and Bobby. It was great. It was awesome. The fans love the heel turn of the Street Profits. I, w- I was also with them on this. I'm, I'm about it. I was, I mean, is, I think they need a couple more peeps in there. Well, the Street Profits before, I mean, the Hurt Business before was only Bobby, then Cedric, and Shelton. And then, I guess, MVP as the manager. Yeah, that they're missing a manager. They need a manager. Yeah. I don't even know if MB, MVP's still... None of them can talk. I don't talk. remember if he came out with Omos during the... Um, I mean, I guess the, the Street, street Profits are okay. Yeah, but Bobby I think Street Profits are talk. better at talking than Bobby. Yeah, I was going to say, they're better at talking than Bobby. Um, But Bobby's kind of been away, so... We'll see where this goes. Uh, they could become the next dominating faction on SmackDown. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, then we had a Paul Heyman segment, which uh, Jey Uso would end up coming out. And this would uh, eventually lead to the main event later. But before that, we had Grayson Waller effect with Bailey and Io Sky. Shotzi would end up coming out and uh, chases Bailey out of the ring. Uh, Shotzi like we said a few weeks ago, has shaved her head. Uh, She did this in real life because her sister was diagnosed with cancer, but they wrote it into the storyline of her kind of uh, taking control of her own narrative and is now um, targeting Bailey. And then our main event was Jey Uso against his brother Solo Sokoa, and he would actually uh, end up beating Solo. So that would wrap up SmackDown. Anything you need to add, Tim? Um, no, at this point, when they were closing out these shows for the week, I was pretty ready to get the SummerSlam. I just was like, man, let's just get there. Me too. Ready to see these matches. Well, speaking of SmackDown, before we move forward, I showed you the, uh, the TikTok video of the old theme song and intro. What a way to get you hyped for a show. Ah, Nothing gets you hyped like that old, uh, beautiful people intro. Uh, for SmackDown, man. And then it shatters and the fist the fist punches through. Oh, that's great. That's good stuff. 
That was my heyday. Was so, that was the prime. Wrestling was so ruthless sick. aggression. I mean, it still it still is, but you know. Now ruthlessly, yeah, yeah, the ruthless aggression era. Yeah, wrestling. I mean, we're doing a wrestling podcast. We gotta like it. But <laughs> I clearly um, like it still. I mean, I'm dedicating. Yeah. I we've done. Uh, I've realized with almost a hundred episodes, we've we've talked about wrestling straight for days in a row. If you added them all up, we could just leave all of our episodes mm-hmm. playing, and it would take a few days. An average of an hour a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're coming up on uh, four days. Where you could just do a crazy. 24-hour loop. Four days of content. Yeah. You could do a 24-hour loop of the PW fan for four days. If you want to torture yourselves and listen to our voices for uh, over 24 hours, go for it. Now, actually, what you want to do is the next time the next time you and your, your significant other are getting that special alone time in the bathroom, or, or not, maybe not in the bathroom, I don't know. I don't know why it had to be in the bathroom. You just put on the PW fan. And you just hear me in the beginning saying, welcome, wrestling fans. That's really going to get the mood going in. Booker Andy. Uh. Well, let's move well, anyway. forward um, <laughs> onto Rampage. I did get an update about seven minutes ago. I just checked my phone. Jeremy's not going to be able to make it tonight, unfortunately. Um, I wasn't able to do it last night, and he is not able to do it tonight. So, Mr. Jeremy, we will... Um, get your input on things next week. Next week. Uh, so it's just it's just the Forrester brothers today. Uh, Rampage, really quick. I don't know how much you saw of this. Again, I wish I had Jeremy's opinion on it, but uh, Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley would defeat best friends in a parking lot fight. Yeah, this. Th- <sighs> okay, sorry. This is the match. This. That I'm t- this is the match <laughs> yeah. that I was talking about. Okay, I was confused. This is the match With that the I said I did not like. That I was like, this is not for me. This is the one I went on my tangent about. Wheeler Yuta comes out with a Blood is Beautiful t-shirt and they try to light this barbed wire piece of wood on fire, but the wood the fire goes out and it's just and all these fans are in this parking lot cheering. I'm just like, this is just Fucking garbage. <laughs> they yeah, hated it, it for man. Just guess it wasn't, wasn't for, for me us. and Tim. I think Jeremy probably liked it, but... Jeremy had already liked the video that they posted of it on Instagram before we even looked at it. I saw it. that. I saw that. I was going to send it to you guys and be like, it's like what Jeremy the fuck? Loves but then it. I saw Jeremy liked it. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> That's why he needs to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I did not like this. And online people liked it. I I did not. And you didn't either. And that's okay. We're men. We're allowed to not like parking lot fights. We're not the to... All right, anyway. <laughs> We're not afraid to say we don't like parking lot fights. Anyway, me and Tim are doing a little right ready to rumble. Um <laughs> Little play on words with it, but uh, I think I think they I think they know. <laughs> if you're li- if you're listening to this show, you know, uh, which we've talked about that part in the past with Sting. It's the part with Sting. Ready? Right, that's all you got. Ready to rumble is I will agree with the young bucks on this. It's the best worst wrestling movie of all time. It's, it's amazing. fantastic. We were quoting it while we were out in Lancaster taking pictures. 
it's also terrible. Mean dinner. Like, uh, you know, depending on how you watch it, but it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so one more show to get into before we get into SummerSlam. Let's talk about Collision. Uh, Collision opened up with Big Bill and Brian Cage taking on FTR for the Tag Team Championships. I actually enjoyed this match, um, considering it had Big I thought it was Bill really and good. Cage, which I usually don't care for them. But I was I thought, worried. I mean, Brian Cage can move weirdly big, like crazy for a huge guy. He did a swanton to the outside, which was nuts. Um, he was dressed, it felt like a take on uh, one of the Road Warriors. But maybe I'm, I saw the, I, I saw, maybe it was something different than what I, what I but it was good. It was good. Um, they would end up losing though and FTR would end up um, retaining their titles. But they would cut a promo afterwards and Basically, they talked about the Young Bucks, and they, I believe each has one win over the other, and they want to have a rubber match with the Young Bucks at All In. That I'm excited for. Yeah. FTR, Young Bucks, one more time. I can get down with it. It's about time, and I think it's fitting that they're going to do it in the the big stadium. Um, so one so thing far, I forgot to mention. I, one one so thing I like to do, one thing I like to do when you got these big shows coming up, and we're slowly getting the matches. So so far, if I'm just looking at the card, you got Adam Cole versus MJF. Well, don't say yeah because I'm about to I'm about to add one more. I'm about to add one more before you say that. Okay. So Samoa Joe would come out and cut a promo challenging CM Punk to all in. Yeah. So the cards. So now we got three for- matches. 80,000 plus, if everybody stays healthy, knock on wood. You got MJF versus Adam Cole, FTR versus the Young Bucks, and Samoa Joe versus CM Punk. Like, right there, that's pretty freaking stacked already. So, But then there's the rumored match. Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho, because he's got to insert himself into well, I don't understand this into one. everything. Why? Why Chris Jericho? I don't either. I, I want to see. Why Will not Ospreay. end it in in Will Osprey's backyard and have him and Omega go? They did it in Japan, then they did it in you know Kenny's backyard of Canada. Just end it in Will's backyard and have the the rubber. Yeah. Mat. Why? Wait. Why wouldn't they have? Why wouldn't it be Kenny Osprey three? Is that it too soon? Like, I don't know. It'd be like the crazy stacked card. That's a way to pack people in. I guess it would be too soon. Not Jericho and Osprey. No, it's not, not too soon. Sometimes I mean, Jericho and Osprey doesn't get me hyped. Backlash, they do literally do the exact main event of WrestleMania, like the ex- like the next month. I know. Yeah. I mean, usually they yeah. just sometimes put steps on it or like, like whatever. But uh, I know why. Yeah, you could totally. Why not? Just do it. You know, not Chris. No, because Chris Jericho wants to be on the show. That's why. And he's like, I need somebody. To, I need somebody we need to work with. I don't know, man. Put him against Sammy Guevara. It's an easy story to tell. Gets both on. I don't know. I don't know. Osprey and Sammy, or Jericho and Sammy. Jericho and Sammy. Yeah, that would work. Easy story. Well, how you're never going to have a bigger show than Jericho. this, right? At least for a while. So why wouldn't you top off? a lot of these stories that you've been telling for a few years. Why don't you put a, 
a stamp on some of them so that way you can start fresh like you know when they did the dc reset you know that all of a sudden batman started back to like episode one you know you gotta sometimes you just gotta like clear the board you gotta clear the board and start over hard reset man yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know but that hasn't been announced yet so maybe it's not true i hope i hope to god it isn't um Okay, but speaking of the Young Bucks, one thing I wanted to add that I forgot to mention on Dynamite, I believe it was on Dynamite, maybe it was announced on Rampage for tomorrow night, is uh, Young Bucks are going to go one-on-one with the uh, the Hardy Boys. I don't know if that's the main event or not, but it, it's looking like it could be. Uh, Dynamite. I'd, I'd like to see it because, you know what, I want to see it before, and I'm not just I'm not trying to like be like, morbid and i don't i've seen it at super card of honor in a ladder match very good ladder match um but that was like six years ago seven years ago could they just have a match? it was it was the night before the hardys returned at mania that's how long ago they just have a good tag team match like could they do that without stuff jeff looked better this past uh this past week i'll say that uh on rampage he looked a lot better than he had uh the past couple of times he's been on tv he was moving a lot better. <laughs> I was just sorry. I was just thinking about that video I showed you of the guy rolling down the bottles. He's like, oh, this one's a car crash. And he was like, Jeff Hardy. He's like, somehow oh, still my. going. The bottle didn't break. <laughs> and then there was a one that it was wine and it bursted right away. He's like, oh, red instantly. John Moxley. <laughs> um. The Acclaim would have a sit-down with Tony Schiavone talking about uh, Billy Gunn taking off his boots. I don't know if he's actually retired or not. I, don't um, I would think that would be a better send-off than that. But, um, you know, we got a cameo from um, Anthony Bowens. Anthony Bowens. And he, he said in there that, or Jeremy got a cameo, I should say, um, for his birthday. Uh, from Anthony Bowens, and he talks in there. He's like, Daddy Ass isn't with us right now. Um, and then Anthony Bowens was on, uh, if you guys like uh, Chris DiStefano, they, he was on the Chrissy Chaos podcast, and he talked a little bit about uh, Billy Gunn uh, hanging up the boots. So we'll have to see, but that, that's what this interview, sit-down sit down interview with Tony Schiavone was basically about um, on Collision. Collision's still going strong to me for me weekly. We just most people couldn't watch it this past weekend because it conflicted with SummerSlam. It just is what it is. You gotta pick one. And I'm sorry, but SummerSlam's gonna take precedent over Collision. It's very true. Uh we had a promo from Christian backstage, which he kind of uh shit on his daughter a little bit. <laughs> she was like, Can I touch your belt? And he was like, Did you win this belt? He's like, go get your mother. <laughs> he's, he's like, I haven't even had a match in my life. I love, I love that he's, I <laughs> love that he's like, he's playing like a, he's like Cruella Deville kind of like villain. Like he's like the turtleneck on. And like he's like an he's like, evil rich stepdad. Like, Did you win this belt? It's like first of all, you didn't win that belt, Christian. But um, yeah, it was just it's funny. Christian's funny, man. Uh, the main event, though, was CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat wasn't the main referee, though he would end up being the referee. He was more of a 
a second pair of eyes to the referee. He would stand on the outside for most of the match, kind of watching, and he would take Ricky Starks' uh, feet off the ropes uh, uh, a couple times. But I thought this was a really good match. Um, it was for Punk's real AEW world title, as he calls it. Um, and the winner, though, would end up being CM Punk, and I believe Ricky Starks would end up attacking Ricky the Dragon Steamboat afterwards, um, which made Punk uh, get a little mad, but I thought it was a great match. Um, Punk's basically in the main event of every single collision so far. What do you think of the match? Um, I'm, I think their feud might be done, but I'm not 100% sure. I, I'd like to see the feud done. I thought it was a good match overall. I mean, I definitely knew Punk was going to go over. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like Ricky Starks. I think he has a good future. I think that I do too. Like, like this is probably like only the beginning for him. As far as like the actual work in the match, yeah, I thought everything like looked really good on my end. I didn't see anything... Not, I mean, not that I'm like any expert in that that type of thing, but yeah, I didn't see anything like oh no or you know hard botches or anything. Um, but that wraps up Collision. All right, let's get into SummerSlam. Um, me and Tim, as Tim mentioned before, watched it together. Jeremy watched it on his own. Um, the show opened up with Logan Paul versus Ricochet. Now, it was said that this was done so that Logan Paul could then leave, go from Detroit to, I believe, Vegas for his brother Jake Paul's fight against Nate Diaz. Um, mm-hmm. So that is, I believe, why it opened up the show, um, which he did end up showing up at that fight. So it uh, makes sense. Logan Paul versus Ricochet. I really like this match. This match was very good. Um it got you know it gets ricochet on the on the pay per view and uh, I thought it highlighted him better than a TV match with ricochet could um, could do. Um, also, um, you know, you need a dance partner out there to look good and look as athletic as Logan Paul is. I don't think he could do what they did, you know, without having ricochet as your dance partner in there. Um, there was lots of stuff that I was surprised Logan could do. Um, but you know, they went toe to toe with one another and, um, the crowd seemed to really enjoy it. There was a lot of cool spots. Um, I I don't know if they go on. I was, I thought some of the spots were cool, which, you know, in this type of match, you, you kind of knew that that they were going to be, but, um, I didn't. I didn't really like the one spot that you sent me. Well, I mean, I had saw it during the match, but I didn't. The one that you pointed out that you said that you didn't see the. Um, uh, gosh. Spanish fly. No, not that one. The buckshot over the top road. I didn't think it looked good. Oh. Well, he yeah, he didn't jank- land very well, but it was kind of janky. Um. But I don't know. So Logan Paul would end up going over by using brass knuckles. And I don't know. Do you think they did that to protect Ricochet? It just seems odd that they would protect Ricochet. Um, Or was it more to get over Logan as a heel even more? Probably to get more heat for him as a heel. Yeah. Um, But that's how Logan Paul would end up winning. Um, 
but job well done to both these guys. You know, the crowd was hot for it. Um, it 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 was one of those matches that there there was never like a like a dull moment. It was just kind of go go, and um, I thought they built up to this match pretty well um, weekly. After that, which I might be the uh, the odd man out on this, but the next match, Cody versus Brock, was my favorite match of the night. To be honest, that was my that was that was the best match of the night. Why would you be the odd man out? How how was that even possible? Someone wouldn't. Well, I don't know. Maybe people liked Roman and Jay, or they thought Seth versus Finn. No. Um, no. <laughs> um, so this this was my favorite match. I thought uh, one. I mean, Cody as a babyface, um, he he does a really good job at selling it when like he's being destroyed by someone like Brock Lesnar, uh, the story being told that they've been telling, like I said, over the past few months is done really well. Um, <laughs> I mean, this isn't a thing about the whole match itself, but we've talked about Cody can just take the F five better than anyone, uh, on the roster. Cause he puts them legs together <laughs> when he gets spun. But, uh, everything about this match I, th- I thought was great. Um, the way you know Brock basically took control of the match for most of it, and then Cody great comeback, and you know uh, I'm trying to remember how he won exactly three three crossroads um, in a row. That's right. That's right. Um, Brock, I've really and then really Brock's, enjoyed this matchup. And then Brock's pants ripped. Literally Brock's almost pants ripped, off. Um, um, but afterwards. Brock shaking Cody's hand was not planned. That was all Brock on his own. Um, and he acknowledged Cody Rhodes. Yeah, pretty cool. But it was, yeah, it was not planned. Uh, so for Brock to do that, Brock doesn't have to do anything Brock doesn't want to do. For Brock to do that for someone and give you respect like that, I've never even really seen him do it with Roman. Um, he he, he was selling so good. So, he was selling so good for him, too. He's one of the best sellers. He he should be on Mount Rushmore if if you could add a couple more people. Oh, Brock's great. Um but I was just watching I was just watching while we're on Brock, I was watching the news episode of uh This Is Awesome. And the news episode is uh the uh the best, the most awesome returns. And one on there was Brock's return in uh two thousand like twelve. You know, when yeah, he took out Cena. That was so sick. Or 2011. I remember, that, I remember that night. It was awesome. But it made me think, because you you continuously watched... Um, I was, like, on and off for a little bit over the years. What do you think Brock would have been like, or how he would have fit in, if he had stayed and re-signed another multi-year deal during those years between him leaving and him coming back? I think a lot of things happen. I don't think JBL gets the same push that he did because JBL filled a big role. They needed a big villain. You think we get a King Booker? I think we get a Brock versus Batista, which never happened. Yeah, you get that match eventually. Uh, that Honestly, I think Brock and Batista would have been the the feud that would have carried his, and and then Cena and Orton also being in there. Those four guys would have carried it all the way through, up until the, you know, what we're getting. I would have even liked to see uh, Brock versus 
the that version of Taker, because we didn't get that till later. Mm-hmm. But this, when Taker's ver- new version was fresh, you know, he came back at the mania that Brock left. Yeah, when Taker, which you know, I thought during WrestleMania 20, I was like, God, the Undertaker must be like old, and he like wasn't really that old. No, nah, dude, he was like 30s, late 30s or something. But then you could also get uh, Brock versus Edge, Brock versus uh, Triple H during this time, uh, Brock versus you know Jeff Hardy. Brock versus uh, who else was on top at the time? I don't know. Randy. There's a lot of, but then it would have gotten to like a silliness, and Punk, and it would have eventually though gotten to like the PG era, and like I don't know how he would have fit in. So maybe it just worked out that he like came back kind of towards the end of PG era. He was the first guy, when he split Cena open in their Extreme Rules match after he came back, that was the first time anybody had seen blood in a really long time because they were already gotcha. deep into the P- they were deep into the PG stuff at that point. Yeah, so I, maybe it was best that he left and he came back. Yeah. I just met, I still missed, and maybe I'm just an old older school, like early 2000 wrestling fan, I love the way Brock used to wrestle. He wrestles completely different now. He wrestles like a beast now. Um, but when he was I an next big thing, he st- he moved more like his old self in this match because he was selling and like running around and not just he was still doing suplexes, but it wasn't the whole match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just remember at one point when Cody was doing the springboard kicks off the rope you were like man brock's just selling for cody like yeah it was awesome so yeah it was my favorite match cody ends up winning and uh you know he's back on track going towards roman is what it feels like um after that we had the battle the slim jim battle royal um last to come out entrance wise was la Knight. big pop for him and <clears throat> there was a secret entrant that wasn't talked about. It was Omos. But in the end, it would come down to Sheamus and L.A. Knight in the Battle Royal. And your winner, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fans were very excited. I was hyped. Most people, I mean, if you're in the wrestling world and you're on TikTok or anything, you you know how hyped people are, and you're probably hyped for it too. Get on the L.A. Knight bandwagon. Do it. Um, so they are, you know, we'll talk more about it next week, but they seem to be, be pushing him. Um, our next match, and I feel bad for not liking him, we talked about it earlier, Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. I wish they had just a regular match because um, I liked the build um, up to yeah. this. Um, but so the build to it was good. Then they had this match. It was MMA rules. The crowd, I saw videos from the crowd. The crowd was flat. It was like the bathroom break match. Um, you know, you watch MMA and, like, you know, say UFC is the biggest company, obviously. So when you watch that and you're watching people roll around uh, grappling one another, it works. It works in that capacity. Um, it works when you're watching UFC. When you're in a football stadium and it's a wrestling ring, and you're just rolling around grappling. It 
doesn't get people excited. Um, one thing I will say about this match is, or a couple things, it was Ronda's last match, I believe, in WWE. Um, she's never submitted, not even in UFC, uh, not in WWE. She submitted to Shayna Baszler, so that puts Shayna Baszler, her friend, over. So she did the job for her. Um, <clears throat> so now Shayna's whole thing is she's the baddest woman in WWE, and I really hope she's able to get back to how she was in NXT because I don't know about you, Tim. I was a big fan of that version of Shayna when she just destroyed people. So do you think we get Shayna versus Rhea? But that's two heels. Um, Who's the other champion right now? EO. Uh, but she's on a different show. Um, well, I just spoiled what we're talking about. Um, I don't know. I think I think you shouldn't rush it, but uh, I hope she's on television more and is used, you know, a lot better than she has been in the since coming up to the main roster. But yeah, I just didn't like this match. A lot of people didn't like this match. Um, I'm sure Ronda for the. Eh, the thing is, the kind of match makes sense for who they are. It just doesn't work, and some not all, all ideas work. And you know, maybe they should have tried this kind of match out on like a live event or something. But, um, sorry guys, I'm plugging my computer in. Um, it just didn't work for this. I feel like worked. That's just my MMA. My, worked MMA fights just always look bad. Yeah, and it's uh, also so moving weird forward, you're, we had, you're clearly telling the audience, you're clearly telling the audience that the other shit that we're doing is not real. But here is us really fighting. I don't know. <laughs> well, I will tell you, there were some shots in there though that even though they're friends and even though it's a worked match, I mean, Shayna came out on roll last night with a fucking black eye, and that might have been from that knee that Ronda did that looked like it just popped her right in the face. Um, yeah, there were some cool. hard actual shots that were d- done during the match. Um, our next match, though, after that, and I actually went back and watched it the next day because um, there were just things going on over at Tim's house that, you know, we weren't paying attention during this match. Drew McIntyre versus Gunther. This match was actually really good. Um, it was hard hitting. It was uh, just two big European guys going at it. Um, I wouldn't say it was like a big move fest, but, uh, there were, you know, big moves in there though. Um, Gunther likes to go the top rope, Drew McIntyre, uh, flips out of the ring, even though they're both, you know, big guys. Um, I think it it was what you would expect though. It wasn't anything crazy of a match and it wasn't bad. It was just a solid, um, good, just good wrestling match. Nothing, nothing bad about it. I'd say not, not a single thing bad, but nothing crazy. I think it's typical of what you would expect from these two guys. Very physical. Yeah, a lot of chops. Stuff that looks like it's gonna yeah. hurt. Um, but after that, we had the World Heavyweight Championship match. It was Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Um, I also have liked this build um, over the past couple months. Um, Seth Rollins would end up coming out wearing the vest that he wore in the match that he injured uh, Balor years ago. And so that was a nice little touch. 
Um, but the, this match, uh, we had seen this match at Money in the Bank, but um, we got to see it one more time. I thought it was it was good. Damian Priest would end up coming out, and he would hit Seth with the uh, briefcase behind the ref's back at one point, which would lead to Balor. Um, I believe he pedigreed Seth, actually. Yeah, he did. And they got me. I thought that he had it won there after the hit by the briefcase, but he did not. Um, in the end, Damian Priest would walk around and throw in his briefcase and walk to the other side and distract the ref, but while Balor was going to grab the briefcase to use as a weapon, I would say, uh, Seth would end up curb stomping Finn onto the briefcase and getting the win. Um, but you couldn't tell in the end if Damien put it there on purpose knowing that would happen or um, or what. So right now they're playing it to know there's friction again between Finn and, and Damien Priest over this whole thing. Um, of course, Finn blames Damien. Damien thinks he did nothing wrong. Um, but, you know... Like Tim said with Gunther and Drew, this kind of this match with Finn and Seth is exactly what you would expect from two guys of this caliber. It was uh, I like I really good. like this match. Yeah, I still think Brock and Cody was better, but this was very good. Yes. Uh, so our second to last match was a triple threat for the uh, WWE Women's Championship. It was Asuka, the defending champion, versus Charlotte Flair versus Bianca Belair. I say this every time. Triple threats are weird. Sometimes they seem like a mess during the match, and other times it seems like things are all everything's clicking. Um, to me, this was one of those times where it was on and off throughout the match. But everyone in the match, the thing is, everyone in the match is really good uh, on their own, and so you know you try to put it. Just it just becomes chaos. There's too many moving parts sometimes, in my opinion. Though. I did go back and rewatch it uh, the next day because, again, things were going on that I didn't. It didn't have my, you know, full undivided attention. But uh, I did enjoy it overall. I thought, though, it might have gone a little bit longer than I would have liked. Um, but in the end, uh, I believe Oscar blinded Charlotte with uh, her mist by, I think, rubbing her, her eyes in it, and Bianca would end up rolling up... God, I want to say Charlotte, maybe, even. Um, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but either way, Bianca would end up getting the win. Asuka got rolled up. the new champ. Asuka got rolled up, okay. Um, maybe Asuka blinded Charlotte, which stopped whatever what was going on, and then Bianca would roll up Asuka. Which I expected Asuka to take the pin if she wasn't gonna gonna win. But shortly after Bianca won the belt, Io Sky's music would come uh, and play. Her and Bailey would come out. Io would cash in, which I predicted. If you listened to our episode last week, that Io Sky, I said she would cash in on Asuka. But either way, Booker Andy said she would cash in, Booker and uh, she did, and she won. She won, and Eosky, which is the new champion, which I am happy with. I think Eosky is great. Um, I was a fan of her in NXT, and I feel like she's gotten a quick push, 
But it all started with how over I think she was during Backlash in Puerto Rico against Bianca Belair, if you remember. How how the crowd was booing Bianca, but they were cheering Io. I think that's when maybe this decision might have been made for her to win Money in the Bank and then go from there. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was definitely cool and definitely surprised me. Um, so let's get into the main event. Uh, something happened in the, during this match that I did not see coming. Uh, it was Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Uh, they've been telling this story they really for got a while it. now. This was a, yeah, it was a, a tribal combat match, which basically is a no disqualification winner. The only thing that makes a tribal combat tribal combat is the winner becomes a champion and the tribal chief. That's what makes a tribal combat. That's it. Um, overall, very good match. You know, at times they, I think they did get us. Even though I wouldn't think Jey Uso would win, there were times when I'm like, "Ah, oh, he could right here." If if they wanted to do that, you know, I'd read. Um, again, I use Ringside News. I'd read that someone asked a writer one time, you know, when what is the plan for when Roman loses the title? And the guy apparently had said, "Whenever Roman fucking wants to," you know. I I think him and Paul have a big say. And if Roman wanted to drop the belt to one of his family members, I can see him doing that before maybe someone else that he doesn't think deserves it. But uh, Roman would end up winning in this match, and that would be because uh, someone would interfere. They would come out in a hoodie and uh, pull Jay out for out of the ring when we all thought he could have possibly won, or that was the idea. And it would end up being his brother Jimmy. So the double, so, the flip flop. He was. He, yeah. So Jimmy has turned on his twin him. brother now. He stayed with him to be babyface and go against the bloodline, and then he flip flopped on him again. Double turn. So, question for you, Tim. Uh, first of all, what you think of the match before we get into what might happen next? Uh, I like the match. Uh, I'm not crazy, like you know, like usual. Not crazy about tons of hardcore spots, but I get that it, there had to be like some fierce. There wasn't too, on the too line. much. Yeah, there had to. Though be Though Jay fierce... did whip the shit out of Roman with that strap. Yeah, and then the kendo spit stick looked like it hurt really bad when Roman was using yeah. it. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I overall enjoyed the match and the story that was told. They really got me. They swerved me, bro. With I did not think that that was going to be. Uh, I didn't think they would ever break up the Usos. Yeah, that's wild. Um, so my question for you is: Do you think Jimmy is doing this on his own, or do you think he sided with Roman? You know, do you think it's just uh, a jealousy thing? He doesn't want to be in the bloodline, but he doesn't want Jay to have it. Nah, he's gonna he's gonna be with the bloodline. He's gonna rejoin. Rejoin. And he wants Double to be main story. event Jimmy instead of main event Jay Uso. Mm-hmm. I saw something online that this would actually be kind of cool if it gets to this point for Survivor Series. If uh, someone was like, "What if it's a fatal four way?" And by this time, you know Roman's messed up things with Solo. It's a fatal four way 
to become tribal chief, solo Jimmy, Jay, and Roman. And then Roman. Storytelling wise. When it's 2054 and Roman just won the intergalactic title. His music hits again at Mania 20 and in 2054. It's just like, all right. <laughs> One of the funniest videos. Um, but there was the press conference afterwards, and I don't know if you saw the entire thing, but I know you read some of the things that were said. Um, Heyman was out there by himself. Roman was not out there. Heyman had a lot to say, and... You know, what's funny is that after Mania, they said they're in the third inning of this whole story. And now it's SummerSlam, and he said they're at the bottom of the third inning. He said, wait till you get, he already said, wait till you see the fourth. Oh my God, we got, we got how much longer you can get? Look, this is the thing. Like, Roman said at one point at the press conference after Mania, it's like, if you think basically that you can have the highest box offices and it not be me, like if you think you can do that, it's like then, you know, you should be champion. Until then, until you can prove that you're this big money draw, because every single gate ever since Roman, I mean, this was the biggest SummerSlam gate of all time. It just keeps getting more and more. And guess who's the top guy? It's Roman. So whether you think, oh, is this dragging on or not, it's like maybe we should just wait it out because they're still crushing it. Well, how did you feel about uh, SummerSlam overall? Did you enjoy it? I did. Um, Overall, yes. If you're going to say overall, I did enjoy it. Um, There wasn't anything that kind of, like the percentage of things that I, say didn't like here or there did not ruin the pay-per-view for me at all so um how about you i enjoyed it um no i thought it was a good summer slam and a big epic ending and i can't wait to see uh the third the fourth inning uh what do you say we jump over to classic show of the week is that cool yes take us out tim all right, the classic show of the week this week, just to keep it in the tradition of the month, is SummerSlam 1999. So let me take you through some of these matches here. You got uh, Too Cool versus LOD. You got Gangrel versus Dustin Rhodes. Uh, you got D'Lo Brown versus Val Venus. You got X-Pac uh, versus Jeff Jarrett. You got Edge versus Mark Miro. I believe this is uh, Edge's debut match, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, and then Ken Shamrock versus Owen Hart uh, in the Lions Den match. Speaking of MMA matches, that uh, you know, very very weird that all these years later they did another MMA style match at SummerSlam. Uh, Road Dog. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, Handicap match, uh, New Age Outlaws versus Mankind, Triple H versus The Rock, and Stone Cold versus The Undertaker. So that's a solid lineup. You cannot go wrong. Well, uh, that wraps up another exciting episode of the PW Fan. Thank you for joining us for our Summer Slam 2023 Spectacular, and we can't wait to be back next week to talk all things pro wrestling with you, the fans. Until then, keep loving wrestling and take care.